0: The content of this show is intended for beauty professionals and service providers. It contains industry info that clients might not want to hear, especially when it is about clients who behave badly. Pour yourself a cocktail and enjoy. Today we're going to talk about developing a goal you can use this process for any goal that you might want to set whether it is personal, business, um, financial, you know, any any kind of goal. But I find it amazing how sometimes when you talk to people about goals, they don't have any. I I have always been a very goal and task oriented person. So my brain can't understand the concept of just living day to day without anything that you're trying to achieve or aim towards. Um, you know, if you're one of those people developing a goal process, like we're going to talk about today, might be a shock to your system. But if you're a goal oriented, task oriented person, what we're going to talk about today is a process of focusing your goals, breaking down your goals, and making them achievable. So, we're going to be talking today about SMART goals. And you may have seen some posts or videos, you know, there's tons of things about SMART goals. SMART stands for Are Your Goals Specific, Measurable, Achievable, Realistic, and Time Oriented? we're going to talk about each of those steps but all goals need these things they need to be very specific so they're like a a roadmap. when you do this process of having a smart goal it's going to tell you where you want to go what the end goal is is your where you want to arrive but it shows you all the steps along the way and One of the things about this process is if you're trying to develop a goal and you don't know where you currently stand as far as, we're gonna use business as an example, if you don't know your numbers, how do you know where to set your goal? If you don't know how much money you make in a week or how much money you spend in a week, how do you know where you need to cut back or where you need to increase. So on this roadmap, you need to have an understanding of your business or of whatever you're trying to make a goal about so that you know where you stand right now, whether it's your weight, your bank account, or your business. You can use this process for all of those things, but you cannot move forward until you know where you are right now. So, to begin developing a goal, you want to review your past year, and you want to decide what areas you need or want to improve, and you formulate goals pertinent to those findings. Prioritize the list of goals by how much time and effort are needed for the results, and eliminate those that may be covered by another goal or it just doesn't justify the effort. Um, so for example when you're eliminating things that might be covered by another goal one of those examples is you want to make more money and you want to pay off debt well those goals intertwine because in order to pay off debt you most likely have to make more money so if you really focus hardcore on the goal of making more more money the goal to pay off your debt becomes easier. Does that, I hope that makes sense to everybody, but some goals intertwine that way. So you want to start with the most important goal and work it into a specific format. You want to make numbers as specific as possible and designate a date and time that you will reach the goal. Since we're talking about business and business is all about numbers, this is why it's important for you to know where you're at right now, number by number, how many clients you do in a week, how much money you make in a week, how much on average does a client spend with you. Those are the big ones. You have to make certain that this is the goal you want to achieve and own it. Your heart needs to be in it. In order to achieve it. If it isn't that important to you, you're not going to work through the process of doing all the steps necessary until you've hit that rock bottom where this goal is so important you have to get it done. Make sure the goal fits in with the rest of your life and does not conflict with anything. Make sure that it is measurable along the way as well as measurable at the end result make sure it's achievable. It should be challenging but not impossible. For example if you were going to use your weight, a starting goal that is just not specific would be the phrase, I want to lose weight this year. Well, who doesn't? A workable goal would be I want to lose 50 pounds by December 1st, 2022 at noon, bringing my weight from 180 pounds to 130 pounds. That is a workable goal. It is a SMART goal. It is specific, measurable, achievable, realistic, and time-oriented. One of the most important things is to write your goal down Any goal not written down is worthless. Put it in a location where you will see it every day. It could be if you are a calendar or notebook person putting it in on an every day, specific day to see this is what I'm working towards today. It could be a vision board. Um, You know, some people laugh at vision boards, but they're very effective because The more you see something, the more repetitive it is, the more true and recognizable it can be to your brain. So vision boards are great, especially when it comes to things like weight and numbers and money. Now, weight vision boards, there's a lot of body shaming and unachievable results that people put up. On vision boards there's a lot of you know the Instagram unachievable results of people who are using steroids and all kinds of things be conscious of your mental health when you are using weight as a goal be conscious of your body type what is really achievable what are you really willing to do Instead of having pictures of people with unattainable, perfect bodies you might have pictures of yourself from your past to your present. Do a timeline of yourself and go back to where you were happy with your weight, happy with how you looked, happy with how your clothes felt. So stop here and picture. The world through your eyes if and when you achieve that goal. Think of all the pitfalls you might encounter on your way and write them down. If there's a pitfall with what might happen in business, what might happen to your weight journey, what might happen to your home project journey, things that could trip you up. You want to be aware so that you can think of ways to tackle those barriers you should also write how would you tackle that barrier write that down and be as positive as possible again don't shame or blame yourself um, because the more negativity that you list on these goal worksheets and these goal vision boards it's a it's a subliminal signal of negativity you want to be as positive as possible you don't want to say I hope or I wish to no you want to say I can because the more you say I can the more you will believe that it is possible think of all the resources you have available and write them down share your goals with those who can help you achieve them People want to help others. It's our human instinct to naturally help others succeed and achieve their goal. Um, in business, that can be a little trickier because in the beauty business, we know it's ugly. There's a lot of competition and people trying to hold other people down. But if you have a mentor or someone that you trust or someone who is successful that you look up to, drop them a message, follow them look at all of their websites, pages, how do they reflect their success and how would you want your success to be reflected in that way? If they have a certain look that you would like to achieve as far as the serenity and ambiance of their salon, put that on your vision board because sometimes just changing your ambiance makes you feel more successful, makes you more confident, in working towards that goal one of the next steps is to decide what may warrant changes in your goal and write that down you know we've talked about pitfalls falls and we talked about barriers um, but this is what would make you change your goal for example we're going to use a roofer so if your business was roofing and your goal was to do 36 new roofs this year and you were on your target for the quarter of nine what happens when we have a hurricane in June and you have to spend time helping out folks who have roof damage At the end of June you might have to change your roofing goal because you've lost that 30 days Um, Another example would be for your weight. If you have a timeline and you're meeting your goals and then you have an unexpected life circumstance, a tragedy, or even a vacation, and you decide, I'm going to take this two weeks off. Well, that's going to affect your end goal possibly. So you want to think about Um, maybe altering or changing your goal along the way when things pop up, whether they're unexpected or drag out a little longer than you think um, would affect your end result. You want to designate checkpoints and different stops on your timeline so that you can tell where you're at in the middle of your goal. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes. You can set a smart goal with measurable things, but if you're only looking at the end instead of small increments, it can be a barrier. Good rule of thumb when it comes to business is breaking it up first by the month, breaking the number up then by the week, and then breaking that number up by the day. Write down specific actions and target dates to have each step completed by. Decide where you're going to celebrate when you achieve each goal. So in business, I like to think that you can't celebrate every month because they all have to kind of flow together. I think that a celebration at the end of the quarter is warranted and that's when you reevaluate where you are where you're going and what you might need to change up because every quarter the season changes and in the beauty business you know we're dealing with hair skin and nails we have color changes and updates everybody's skin dries out in the winter and hair dries out in the winter you may not do as many pedicures in the winter so you have to adjust for what you know is coming and the way the best way to do that is to look back at what you've done at previous years if you keep track of your numbers for a year or even for a quarter without any goals and look at those numbers they there's a flow because for example i work every other saturday Well, the weeks i work saturday obviously i'm going to make more money than the weeks i don't so i need to see that flow and what my averages are so that i don't make a goal based on working every saturday that would be silly because i don't intend to work every saturday and i'm not going to change my schedule that fits my lifestyle in order to make that goal my priority is to make my schedule well-rounded with my family life and my mental health and so my money goals need to fit into that schedule i hope that makes sense um, i do think you should reward yourself when a milestone is hit no matter what the goal is especially if you're halfway there when you hit that halfway mark a little celebration is warranted so those are just the basics of how to develop a goal in this exercise I was actually going through some old classes and courses of paperwork that I had I wanted to go through it some of its quite old and This particular sheet, I'm just going to read it out loud to you. I'll attach the link at the bottom of the podcast. So if you want a blank copy, you can go ahead and get it. Um, But this was written by myself in 2006. And it's the Goal Setting Made Easy Worksheet. Now, when I wrote this, I was pregnant with my second child. I was trying to determine how that was going to affect my home life, my work schedule, my other child, and how it was all gonna wrap up together. Needless to say, I did not foresee about six months after this page was written that we were going to move out of state and I was gonna start my business from scratch. Kinda through a little bit of a barrier in this goal. But needless to say, I kept this goal and kept trying to achieve it the entire time I worked um, before I moved. So I'm just gonna read this sheet out to you. So my most important goal for this year which was going to be 2007, which was the year that was coming up, was to balance my work schedule and home life with family. I need specific work hours set with standing appointments only. Question. Does it fit with everything else in my life? Yes. Is it obtainable or realistic? Yes. Is it measurable? Yes. Yes and is it specific? Yes. Where do I stand now? Currently I have too many clients to serve in the schedule that I will be returning to work with in 2007. I have 35 to 40 standing appointments on rotation and an additional 25 to 30 people who randomly schedule in the little spots that are not already taken by standing appointments. I need to cut back clients to standing appointments only, and I want to achieve this by June 2007. So, here's here's an important question. What will it be like when I accomplish this goal? I will set my work schedule with standing appointments. I will eliminate no-show and cancellation clients since these clients are not reliable and do not value my time and services. Okay, I just wanna stop right there for a minute because here we are in 2022 and I wrote that in 2006. This is a boundary that I learned in that year that I have continuously worked on achieving. If you don't have a standing appointment with me and you make appointments on the fly, you must give me a deposit or a credit card to hold on file. And if you no-show or if you cancel last minute more than three times, you are eliminated as a client immediately. I don't have the patience to constantly rework my book because I see on average 25 to 30 clients a week in a four and a half day work week. They know what my boundary is. It is very clear and I stand by it. I've stood by it more than 15 years now. I will stand by it today so what obstacles will i encounter by making such a goal with standing appointments only determining what clients to keep by service will be the biggest obstacle i encounter i want all of my clients to remain happy in the salon And the biggest pitfall is if I go into labor early or have to go on bed rest, how will I hang on to those clients when I am ready to return to the salon? That is a huge issue. If you have a medical condition, whether it's pregnancy, surgery, God forbid, you break your hand, you break your foot, you're going to lose clients people wander away sometimes they find someone new sometimes they wander back but this is an obstacle i was trying to mentally prepare for and fortunate fortunately or unfortunately we ended up moving so all of that concern went out the window because then i had to start over anyway question What resources can I utilize? The advice and experience from my current salon owner and her business coach. Also the daily service logs and rate per hour sheets to determine which services are my top profitable services. So just to take that um, I worked in a huge salon at the time She provided us with these business classes and CE classes so that we knew how to make goals. And we kind of worked at our own pace, but she had a business coach. And um, we all worked together as a team to make that salon successful. And side note, it is probably one of the best places I've ever worked. She was a fantastic owner and no place I've worked when I moved ever lived up to that um i had a lot of influence and impact in my salon career from this owner she has always been in reflection my biggest resource and person that i learned from so who can help me accomplish this goal is the next question so obviously the business coach the salon owner and my husband and family as well because anyone that's going to be affected by my schedule and work life anybody that I'm going to count on to help me has to be included in this goal and project so at the bottom of a goal sheet you want to list your steps in achieving the goal a good figure is about 10 steps I think I listed maybe 12 so I'm just going to read those really quickly. First step, determine the days and hours I will be available to work upon returning from maternity leave. That would depend on childcare, my husband's um, work hours and his schedule, and anyone else, any babysitter that I might have helping me out. Two, determine the amount of services to perform each day. Was I gonna work a four-hour day? Or was I gonna work a a 10-hour day? How many services could I fit into those time slots? Step three was to review my customer service profiles. Anyone that had canceled more than three times, I was not going to ask for standing appointments. And when I say canceled, I mean Cancelled and didn't reschedule and then came wandering back a few months later or Cancelled and just kind of became wishy-washy. They were out. I only wanted Standing appointments and people who supported me Step four review with those clients what they want need and prefer so if they had gel nails and they wanted gel nails and now a toe polish change every few weeks I had to see if I had time for that in a standing appointment or if they were manicure pedicure but now they wanted to add nail art I had to make sure that my schedule would allow it so making notes on clients and what they typically get kind of gave me a reference point to start from when I sat down with a physical calendar and started creating my schedule. Step five, plug in standing appointments into the work schedule. That's what I did with a physical calendar. I made a pretend schedule to see with everyone's availability where I could fit them in. Step six, review profitability for those days and adjust if necessary. So when you look at that calendar If you're doing toe polish changes all day, it can be a profitable day, but you're also going to end up at the chiropractors. So, (laughs) vary services, but make sure some of the small, more profitable services that don't take a lot of product or time, like polish changes, paraffin treatments, selling retail, people that you know that buy retail, try to guesstimate what those dollar amounts will look like each day. Step seven, inform the clients I cannot serve and recommend other service providers. That was hard. Breaking up with people is hard. And you can always say, well, I can try, but I can't make any promises. But in the end, if they're not a reliable client and you just have don't have the good feelings about it, Let them move on. Step eight, I had to call and interview care providers for my children. Step nine, I had to negotiate with them what days and hours that they were available and how much their pay rate was. If I'm going to look at my day and make $100 during the day and I'm paying a babysitter $125, it's not worth it you have to look at these things in life unfortunately because if you're working just to turn around and pay a babysitter that's not gonna work you're not gonna have any money left over for diapers formula toys eating out whatever it is that you spend your money on whatever your money goes to in your family budget if you're a sole provider that definitely doesn't work so when you're taking all of these things into account for your goal it can get overwhelming there can be a lot of numbers no matter what your goal is because everything has to be measured sometimes it has to be a ballpark figure but sometimes you can be very specific about those measurements so that's step number 10 is looking at all of these numbers and things and deciding what's going to get cut, what's going to get added, and adjusting if necessary. I hope all of that makes sense. I feel like I'm rambling on um, about developing goals. They're so personal. It's really difficult. Um, That's why it's always good to know who you can get advice from, who you can look to to help you. Some of us in the beauty business don't do great with numbers. There's a lot of us that are horrible with bookkeeping and budgeting and we're very, you know, artsy-brained and that does not come natural. So sitting down and working the numbers might actually be a goal for one of your days. Making yourself sit down and do it so here's the thing with goals you can make them smart goals you can make them achievable you can make a variety of goals at one time and make a little progress every day but again if you make it positive it's gonna be so much easier the days that are negative the days that you don't reach your goal the days that um You're just not feeling like working on those projects or you're not feeling well or you just don't want to think about it anymore. You have to let those days go. And just remember tomorrow is a brand new day and you get to start over. You might have to make up for the day that you let go if you want to reach your goal at that end timeline. And you might have to reset yourself a little bit mentally or physically but if you just start small one day at a time today this is all i have to do i had to do that it sounds ridiculous i had to do that with drinking water i hate water i hate drinking water i know it's necessary i feel much better when i do when i drink enough water i don't have as many headaches i don't have as many stomach issues My skin's better, but I'd rather drink coffee all day. So when I have my daily goal of drinking water, you got to start small. You got to have that water bottle. You got to fill it up and chug it first thing in the morning. And just in between cups of coffee, (laughs) remind yourself, all right, hold on. and, And get it done. These developing goal worksheets, like I said earlier, will be linked in the bottom of the podcast. I'm also probably going to put them on the continuing education page. Um, And I do have that website, solosalonowner.com, where you can schedule consultations and CE hours. And it will have links to the continuing education courses that I am working on have a great week stay cool out there it's boiling hot and drink lots of water bye